Welcome back to In the Trenches podcast, a podcast by youth pastors for youth pastors. On today's episode, Charlie, Gary, and Elliot will be sitting down and having a conversation with Heath Corrales, the DYD of Oklahoma. Boomer Sooner. What's going on, everybody? Hope you guys are having a great day, whatever day you're tuning in right now to take a listen to In the Trenches podcast. Again, just like Elliot said, we're with Gary and Elliot, Mm -hmm. and today we have a very special guest, Heath, a DYD at Oklahoma. So, Heath, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic, man. Excited to be here in the uh, state of California, man. Uh, I was a little misled, though. I thought there'd be a lot more beaches and yeah. <laughs> weather. We bamboozled you guys. <laughs> we, did, we, did. we picked him up at Orange County or LAX and then drove him to Palm Springs. Man, these poor DYDs that, that were like, we're going to Southern California. It's yeah. 110 degrees, no beaches. Man, just desert everywhere. Oh, That's well, I will say the dry heat is is a, a, a nice step up from the humid heat in Oklahoma. Yeah. So, you know, hey, it, it's still a step up, bro. Yeah, it's still vacation You got to look for the silver lining. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Come yeah. on. That's Absolutely. always good. Um, but Heath, for everyone that's out there listening yeah. right now, um, why don't you share a little bit about who you are? Yeah, so um, I am the district youth director for the great state of Oklahoma. Uh, I am a loud and proud Oklahoma Sooner fan. Mm, Boomer Sooner. Uh, absolutely. Go Sooner, Bucks. That's, oh, <laughs> I'm go take it easy. I, had, I said Boomer Sooner in you the did, intro, so I had to just, like, I'm everything, gonna keep, everything I'm gonna, within me had to say, go Bucks. I'm yeah, going to keep that audio and just, like, that's your ringtone now absolutely. from here on out. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, no, so, yeah, I've been in this role for about three years now. Uh, before that, I was a youth pastor for 11 years. Uh, in a town called Lawton, Oklahoma, which is actually my hometown. Cool. And that was the same church. I was a, I was a youth pastor at one church for 11 years. And so mm. absolutely loved it. I uh, love, love, love youth ministry. Uh, I have uh, a wife. Uh, her name is Alicia. She is a born and bred Cornhusker from the state of Nebraska. Wow. Okay. We met at uh, a school of ministry in Atlanta, Georgia. Right now, uh, we have a seven-year-old, soon-to-be eight-year-old little boy whose name is Lincoln. And contrary to popular belief, we did not get his name from Lincoln, Nebraska. I'll have to tell that story some other time. Uh, But then we have another one on the way, our new little Sooner that will be here uh, December the 2nd, and his name will be Harrison James. And so we're we're excited. Uh, Love our role as the district youth directors, just having a really good time with this. It's been been interesting but it's it's kept us connected to youth culture and you know that was the one thing whenever we left our church in uh 2018 um we wanted to stay in youth and honestly like if i was not the dyd today i would still be a youth pastor yeah Uh, so yeah no, that that's awesome. It's funny because you said that the the newest sooner of the family. So it's like, has your wife just like well, that's, stopped that's being gotta a Nebraska be hel- fan? Well, that's what's got to help is like being a Cornhuskers fan. Like at least it's not like they're good at college football or anything. So like, it's not a hard choice. That's, that's really been the transition right now. It's yeah. just terrible. Yeah, they just you don't know? play. They don't play college football. They don't. So it's they like don't. it's not even an issue. Dang. It was. It's so crazy going to Nebraska too to visit her family. Like they thought Scott Frost was the second coming. <laughs> And, you know, and yeah. it, it really hasn't panned out yet. But mm-hmm. it, it's sad because that, that's a, such a, a rich history of college mm-hmm. football. And it, I hate seeing a team like that not do well. Is this the episode that I've been waiting for? Is I've this, been wanting is to this do this, Is this where bro. we just oh, talk college football? We I'm so down. Hey, let's bro, go. It just started, too. Like, we can make this happen right now. Yeah. Um, I think we do need to do a spinoff from, from SoCal and just do a sports podcast for all youth, all youth pastors or just let's pastors. Go. In the let's end go. zone. Let's in, go. Hey, there it is, trademark. 
Um, but you, you said that you're a youth pastor for, yeah. for 11 years, which is um, one that's just amazing. And you said a, a youth pastor for 11 years in the same church. Yeah. Um, and we kind of talked about it. We're still right now at our uh, youth pastor refresher in um, Cathedral City. Yeah. And there's a lot of youth pastors that have just kind of started out in youth ministry. Yeah. Um, so from someone that's coming from a, 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 that was in a church for 11 years in the same position as the youth pastor, what's something that you would say to um, encourage the youth pastors out there? And you kind of even spoke about it. Um, really well when we were here at the refresher I feel like like that encouragement on on the side of it you know I think it's just a reminder that you know first and foremost uh, never forget your calling mm-hmm. and never forget why you started uh, someone invested in us a long time ago before we got into ministry I think every single one of us if you asked us right now yeah. we can name that person who spoke into our life yeah. and we, we're still very close to that hopefully still very close to that person to say I know that I have a great relationship with my youth pastor who is now a lead pastor in our district and it's just awesome but I would say again just there are going to be times where it's going to be hard Yeah, there are going to be times where you, that you don't like it and, mm, and you're, sure. you're going to question your call. So again, I would say, you know, number one, always remember why you started. Always remember that moment where God spoke to you That's good. and never forget that calling because mm-hmm. people will say things and do things that make you question that call. But don't ever forget that God gave you that call and yeah. it wasn't yeah. people that gave you that call. That's good. So they can never take it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Charlie, good. you forgot an important part of having a new guest on the show. <laughs> oh, I did. I just jumped right in. Once yeah, you said 11 got, years, I was like, like, okay, here we go. It got real spiritual, and we're going to have to digress right now because <laughs> hey, Charlie jumped the gun. But, uh, yeah. You want to you ask the question? I don't know how, how you word it. Okay. We, we ask yeah. new guests on the show to tell us one of the most crazy, funny, interesting youth ministry stories that they have. Oh, man. So here, here's the thing. Like, I had a, a very assertive very professional youth pastor that okay. when I went on staff at the church, like there was just no room for error. Okay. I say that very loosely. He was a great guy, but like, not that, you know, it was just this legalistic rigid church, but like he, he was one of those guys, Hey, whatever you do, just don't get sued. Okay. okay. So <laughs> I made all my mistakes as an intern Good. more more than a youth pastor, but it was youth ministry stuff. I remember there was this one night, uh, man, we used to play this stupid game and man, if there's any young listeners right now, please don't play this at home. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so no, we used to play this game called Fireball. <laughs> I love it <laughs> already. Oh my gosh! I'm in. <laughs> um, Fireball was a game that you would take nail polish remover <laughs> okay. and a tennis ball, yep, and you know just kind of put the nail polish remover there, and light it on fire, and play hot potato with it <laughs> until it went out. <laughs> what? And here's the interesting thing about nail polish remover: like the minute it hits the air and the minute it hits the flame, it like it evaporates very quickly. So. It's just like a slight burn, you know, and, and so, it's just like, <laughs> sorry. so we, we used to play that all the time. And then I don't know if you guys remember this, but like in the early 2000s, uh, you know, you'd go to like the toy section in Walmart and they used to make these basketball size tennis balls. Do you guys remember those? Do you remember seeing those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that it was like a basketball size tennis yeah. ball. So we, the game went from fireball to asteroid, you know, and so we, uh, there was one night we were at one of the youth leaders' house, houses, and we were playing uh, Asteroid, and we had this large tennis ball. At a house? At a house. Oh, my in the ba- In the backyard, not inside. Oh, Sorry, okay, okay. I, should, I should probably preface that. We're in the backyard, and one of the kids just ran up and kicked the ball <laughs> while it was on fire, yeah. and it went into the next yard. <laughs> Love it. 
And so, and then I, it turned into a hate crime. Like that's did. where that's where it's like that's where now it's Molotov cocktail, and the youth game quickly turned into something that it never was supposed to. I just so I, I remember the next day, I was an intern. I got called into the the youth pastor's office. Oh my god! And so I, I sit down, and every time my youth pastor would call me, or like he's like, hey. I need you to come to my office. We need to chat. I, I knew it wasn't a good thing. Yeah. And, and so anyway, I get the phone call. We need to chat. And I sit down in his chair, and the only two words he says to me is, fireball? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kind of gravel at his feet and uh. apologize and had to make a few phone calls where I apologized to parents that day. So that's oh, probably man. my craziest story. But again, when I was a youth pastor, man, like it, it was at a, play, a place in time where you could actually get sued for stuff in youth ministry. Yeah. That, that was the era where they stopped playing uh, the, the gallon challenge with milk and mm-hmm. chubby bunny uh, because people were getting hurt. And yeah. so, uh, uh, yeah, I, I just kind of took a turn. And so I didn't do a lot of crazy things like that anymore just because no. I didn't want to get fired and I didn't want to get sued. So, Fireball. Yeah. There's some youth pastor listening, writing that down. They're like, we're bringing it back, baby. But Heath, we're super excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm excited to be here, man. Um, And so we were talking a little bit beforehand and really sort of understanding what you're doing in Oklahoma and your specific passion. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that for all the listeners in the regards to helping students understand their calling yeah yeah you know so um you know just to kind of give a plug to our national office right now they uh in, in john zick yeah started or put out a new resource called called mm-hmm. and it has been absolutely incredible uh they you know they were so generous this last camp season uh, to send us so many books and i literally gave every single one of those books away nice uh, nice. but but even before that reset re, our resource came out uh and even before they they started doing the the called camp uh, that was something that was very heavy on my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, just a little bit of my story. Um, uh, I, I started very late in the game on this. I did not get saved till I was 19 years old. I did not uh, really accept and pursue the call of ministry till I was about 24. Mm. Uh, but I just remember and think back, like uh, all those times where I just knew that I was called, and I had somebody to help me cultivate that call. Yeah. And you know, here. Lately, um, and I, we were kind of talking about this, it seems like every network right now is experienced this drought of, of youth pastors. Mm. Uh, there, it's, it, it, it breaks my heart when I get a call from a lead pastor and they said, hey, I need a youth pastor. And I, I'm literally just fumbling over my words trying to figure out how to tell them there's nobody out there right now. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I call guys like you guys. I, I call everybody I know to call. Do you have any anybody who's ready anybody who's looking for a transition let me know and, and, and it's just you know just it's just quiet yeah you're not really finding anything so for me here lately god has just really burdened me for students who feel called to full-time ministry and i think what happened uh probably just a few years ago uh part of the drought that we're experiencing is like we've kind of generalized the call of full-time ministry. Yeah. Now, truth be told, every single one of us know that we're all called to ministry. Mm-hmm. God has given us a purpose, and we're, so used to, we're supposed to use that purpose to glorify Him. But I know that there are kids specifically called to full-time ministry, to be a pastor, to yeah. be a missionary, to be a yeah. worship leader, to work in the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like we're, we're, we were missing that because we generalized the call because we didn't want to exclude those kids that felt called to the business world. 
that felt called to industry and all these into we'll just say the secular world yeah you know, uh, because we didn't want to exclude them but i feel like we missed a mark with some of those kids that did feel called to full-time ministry and that's the thing god's god and it doesn't really matter what happens if you're called man he's just going to pull it out of you yeah but at the same time you know i feel like we missed it now i feel burdened just to create a space to to use resources to help students cultivate that call yeah and so you know right now we it's still very grassroots it's still very uh baby stages but we do want to create a called retreat in our district uh that will help students cultivate that call and understand the call that God has put on their life and really just uh, have a space for them where they can begin to pursue those things and we can provide opportunities and things like that because that's yeah. what I had with my youth pastor. Yep. Yeah. My youth pastor invested his life in me and that's just not common nowadays, you know? And yeah. Not mm-hmm. to say that's not a knock on other youth pastors, but at the same time, man, it, it should, it's so important uh, because, I mean, we, we got to keep the church going. Yeah. yeah. Man, and I want to see revival in our youth ministries and I just want to see young people walk in the gifting and the calling that God has put on their life. And so, yeah, it's something I've just been real burdened about lately. And just now at a point where, hey, let's let's do something about it. Yeah, so. I, I think it's so interesting the way you put it, uh, sort of the drought of sure. youth pastors and even kind of taking a, a stab at what might even be one of the, the causes of that. It's It's almost like the participation trophy of calling you know where we we grew up in this participation trophy generation and we even implemented that into calling where uh we don't want someone to feel like they missed out because these people are called and we're all special and and this is the thing that's like the bible teaches that but the bible also teaches that we are uniquely and wonderfully made and that's like we're a body with many members and everybody has a different part to play um and I think it's probably just laziness, honestly, because sure. it isn't it just means you have to be more specific Absolutely. in your teaching about calling to 100%. teach the difference between being called to the marketplace yeah. and being called to full time ministry. Um, but that like blending together of just like making it all one thing about calling has, again, done a huge disservice sure. probably to both industries. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so I'm I'm with you 100 percent on that. And and I would just say. It's always hard mentioning John's book because you say it's called called, uh, but <laughs> it's great. And we want to get John. He'll be out here soon. So I'm yes. sure we'll have him on the, the podcast. I've heard him called the second best mustache in in youth ministry. But well, you hold that title right now. Well, the first, I think, would hopefully go to me. I know. I don't know. But uh, John <laughs> is the man. And it's such for us in Southern California. Yeah. The timing of it is is amazing and incredible, mm-hmm. even with uh, what's happening with Youth Alive. Because yeah. I think that's a huge portion of what we're doing in blending, yeah. helping students f- realize their calling. Because for me, my story is different than yours, and it's different than Charlie's. Um, but I felt called to ministry when I was uh, going into my junior year of high school, a sophomore. And I feel like there was decisions that I made then that prepared me for what I did early. You know, I became yeah. a youth pastor quick. Like sure. I, I kind of took a different route than most people. Sure. I interned with Gary and then the doors opened uh, because of Gary. No, but uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Uh, but as I followed God's prompting, I wanted to do it and I wanted to go after it from yeah. a young age. And so I think 
we speak all the time as youth pastors about yeah. how much we believe in students, how much you don't have to wait, but like, what are we doing? Like you're saying to yeah. put our yeah. money where our mouth is, 100%. like, how are we actually 100%. resourcing them? Yeah. Cause I think a lot of times youth ministry, if we're not careful, becomes these pep rallies or mm. motivational speeches where yeah. we're like, we're saying all the right things, yeah. but are we doing it? What are yeah. we doing? Because then we can have all these people raise their hand at camp and convention. Yeah. But what happens when that lead pastor calls you in Oklahoma or in Southern yeah. California? Yeah. And that's the crazy thing to me now that I'm starting to be in some of these conversations. Like there are full time positions open. Yeah. People who are like, we want to pay you yeah. a yeah. full time salary Absolutely. to be the youth pastor. That is a dream. But we can't we can't provide someone to do that. Sure. And that's that's a problem. And I think it even goes back to what we even talked about with Josh. Um, just this idea of doctrine yeah. and truth mm-hmm. and discipleship yeah. and roots that go down deeper. Because I think this is what I noticed when it comes to sort of what we're talking about. There was a lot of people who liked the idea of being called into full-time ministry. Yeah, absolutely. And really what they're chasing is a platform, mm-hmm. not a purpose, mm-hmm. right? I want to speak at camps and conventions, on, yes. but do you, do you want to be a youth pastor because that's yeah. not a majority of what you're going to do Absolutely. Um, and honestly it's not not everyone's supposed to go and do the speaking circuit and no, i think if more no. people just understood that like yeah. it's okay like yeah I, I the best thing that happened to me is sitting down even at our camps i've talked about this before and listening to matt and be like man he was supposed yeah. to speak i like it was my session i was going to do it but God was like, you're not the guy to speak. You're, you're not, not that, that guy, guy pal. Yeah. You're not that guy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so funny you mentioned that because, you know, uh, you guys alluded earlier on with Josh, the, uh, the celebrity culture yeah. mm-hmm. of ministry, the celebrity youth pastor, we would say. And that's, that's really, I think, another thing that's kind of created this drought is some guys that just graduate from Bible college or from schools of ministry, you call them and you tell them, you know, I got this town in Oklahoma available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, huh. where is that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's right over here. Is how big is it? Yep. You know, well, why does it matter? And so I, I try to do everything I can to sell. Like, dude, you realize if you take this town, if you take this church, number one, like you said, it's a full time position. Yeah. It pays. It has benefits, and that town is right for the taking right yeah. now. You not only could be a great youth pastor at your church, you could be the city's youth pastor. Yep. Mm. You know, and so man, everybody is just kind of vying for that time in the spotlight. Yeah. And so the number one question that I get, or number, let me rephrase that, the number one answer I get when I ask a, a young guy who wants to go into youth ministry, where do you want to go? Uh, well, you got anything open in OKC or Tulsa? Mm-hmm. They think youth ministry is in the big city level. Yeah. yeah. But man, I'm telling you, some of my greatest youth pastors in my state, some of the, 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 the greatest students I've ever seen, the, the most discipled yeah. kids I've ever seen, yeah. are in those little towns. 100%. It's and it's just, it's just amazing to see. And I, I think we kind of need to get over the celebrity cult. You talked about platforms. Yep. And I, I think the the misconception right now, especially with young leaders, is they think platforms are going to make us. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Pa- platforms are going to expose you. Yeah. yeah. That's all they're going to do. True. If we learned anything from 2020 about all these different moral failures with big name leaders is the platform that they had just exposed them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And their, their talents and charisma took them to a place where their character couldn't keep them. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, man. I Like I've noticed this just with social media and how prevalent, uh, like just great communicator. You could get yes. a great communicator's yes. message every single day of the week. Like, yeah. And so um, being a good speaker 
isn't that impressive like it no, used to be. No, you know, yeah. when you'd see somebody, you're just like, oh my yeah. gosh, they're so amazing. Like a lot of people I know can speak well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's, it's got to be more than that. And you might not be built to be the person to go and do the That's speaking it. circuit. That's like it, what yeah. if you're just supposed to be the hometown hero? Who, yeah. Like, like you're it, yeah. saying is... It, I think of my youth pastor who I love. I, I don't remember a lot of his messages, but he yep. was so relational and, yep. and taught me the Bible yep. in conversations, yep. in the way that he loved his wife, in the yep. way that he, he treated his family, yes. in everything that he let me be involved with. And he, he shaped me into the man that I am today. But nobody knows his name. Nobody's out, he, yeah. you know, like he doesn't have, he's not got a blue check mark next to his yeah. name on Instagram. On, but I got to see him at general counsel and I was just reminded of that. Of like, that's what I want to emulate. Like, Absolutely. that's what I want to do. Absolutely. And I'll do it how, yeah. wherever and however God wants to, to use me and take me. But I think there's too many, like we said, even on the podcast with Josh, like what's the metric of success? What yeah. are you chasing? Yeah. You know, what's the end goal? Because sometimes I had a youth pastor sit me down when I was an intern for Gary and changed my life. I was presenting my problems in a way that made me look good. You know, I was like, I just want to do such big things for God. <laughs> like, and he, and he told me, he's like, bro, you're chasing a, a platform. You're not chasing a purpose. Yeah, 100%. On, and he said, what if God is calling you to be a janitor at a local high school? And yeah. that's how you impact students. And Absolutely. nobody knows your name, but those kids do. Yeah. And that, that person that you mentor goes on to become the president or, you know, goes on to to be a pastor of a mega church. Like what if that is what your influence is? It's yeah. not necessarily, you don't get the credit, you don't get the Absolutely. praise. Um, but there is like with this generation of being influencers and be like, that is the goal. And you're so right. We have that happen even here in Southern California. There's positions open, good positions yeah. open, yep. but it's not in the glamorous place. It's not Absolutely. in the church. Yeah. And I don't think that there's enough people who understand like, that old school mindset of like, man, bro, just like go and cut your teeth at like this, this local church and, and build something great there, be a part of it. And you might even realize God unlocks things in your heart that you never knew were there, or he's training you for a season of what's coming next. But it's like, nah, I want it to be easy. I want it to be fun. I want it to, you know, and, uh, I would say this too. What do you think about the, like, I don't know we might not really be able to get into this and Charlie, if this doesn't go the way you just cut it. But, um, (laughs) what do you think about this culture right now in churches where I'm seeing a lot of people have issues hiring or even people stepping out of their comfort zone? Cause like a lot of churches are following the model of you raise somebody up. And and I think there's Mm. a lot of benefits to that, to the in-house you understand, you understand the heart of the church. So I don't think it's all bad, but it's, it's almost in a sense in, from my perspective, reaching this point that can be a little bit um, redundant, unhealthy Mm. in a sense where there's an unwillingness to step out into something else where it's like, Everybody just wants to grow up and take like I'm gonna be serving your youth ministry and I'll take over when you're done yeah. and you train me up and then and and again in some ways that's amazing when it works but it's become the norm yeah it's become what's expected and I think it's leaving a lot of opportunities left sure I, I would agree with that um, you know and you and you hit on it man there there's so many great advantages about bringing in somebody who's homegrown yeah and, and you know I'm gonna kind of speak in terms of Oklahoman right now. Come on. And, and, but let's just say this, you know, like 
uh, Oklahoma or Arkansas, states like that, we're known for being backwoods and weird things. And Charlie, have say, you put in your resume, bro? <laughs> hey, he's like, well, you're selling it for me. When you were talking about the churches in Oklahoma, I was like, man. I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm called. And what I would say to that with the homegrown model, yeah, it works, but inbreeding only works for so long. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's, there's a point in time where so many different things go down the line mm-hmm. and, it, and then you're going to start seeing mutations and weird yep. things happen. Yeah. You know, and I, I think it's healthy to have an outside perspective. So true. Yeah. And I think it's, and here's the thing, it, it's, it can go either way. Um, you know, the, the church that I was at for 11 years, uh, they hired a guy and, and he was only there for about probably like right under two years. Uh, and man, it just, it was honestly a God thing. Uh, you know, I think it was one of those deals where, uh, man, he had this opportunity where he, he was from, his wife was from, they have kids. And so they wanted to be around family. I, yeah. I totally get that. But he just didn't understand the culture. Yeah. And I, I think, like, the problem that we see with that is, is, like, you will have some of these churches that get burned one time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They bring somebody in from the outside. They don't understand the culture. And they think, yeah. oh, this just didn't work out. No, 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 no. You, you need to find somebody who is all about understanding and yeah. learning that culture. Yeah. Need a higher right. Absolutely. And that's, that's true. So I think that's what it kind of boils down to. Well, and yeah. it's funny because some of what you're talking, I think this podcast, this is how it goes sometimes, but we're talking about one thing yeah. and it goes some other ways. But um, it's interesting that idea of like hiring inside versus hiring outside because I think there's points to be made on both. But even the danger of what you're talking about of continuing to raise someone up from the inside is I think that's where in churches you can start to see this culture of like tribalism or just like our way is the best way because you've been molded in this church it's all you've ever known which is great but then it becomes like it it honestly it frames your thought of what church is and then there's no one coming in to challenge, right? And so mm-hmm. I think that's the even the good yeah, thing absolutely. of a, a fresh perspective coming in is not like to come in as the youth pastor in one of these towns in Oklahoma and be like, I'm the best thing that's yeah, ever happened yeah, in this place. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, you figure out what that lead pastor's vision yeah. is and how you can fit into it. But then you have perspective that yeah. they don't know. Why do you call this the friendship room? That doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. What, yeah. what does that mean for yeah. a guest that comes in? Yeah. And they're like, oh, we never thought about that. We just well, have always done it. And, yeah. I, you know, I think the other thing, too, especially with that, uh, another unhealthy way, especially when you go homegrown, is it creates blind spots. Yeah. Mm. You know, like, because let's let's talk about it. You know, when you, cr- when you raise somebody up in your church and, and they bring them on staff, they become like a son in the Lord, a daughter mm-hmm. in the Lord. Yeah. And they may, may make, they may make mistakes, and that's fine. We, we need to work through those mistakes. But what happens sometimes is we, we create allowances for some of the big mistakes. Yeah, wow. Because we want to protect them yeah. because we're so close to them. I mean, we have kids, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And if anybody comes at my son, man, you know, those, <laughs> those it's on. hair claws are yep. going to come out, yeah. you know? Yeah. But after hearing the situation, you know what? my son was wrong and I need to fix this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think what we're seeing right now is with that family model, I mean, it's essentially like creating mafias in the church. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like if you're not a part of the family, you're not in it. Mm-hmm. And that just creates more problems. And I think yeah. it creates those blind spots and we need to be aware of those blind yeah. spots. Yeah. But again, I think it could work either way. I'm not really sure. Yeah. yeah. But I think it all goes down to, to self-awareness. Yeah. If you hire from on the outside, understand you got to create some grace for that new leader because he doesn't he or she doesn't really understand the culture just yet yeah Yeah. and if you're hiring from within 
man, don't make allowances for stuff that could come up later on. Yeah. Don't continue to brush stuff under the rug because, man, I, I can speak from one of one of the churches where I'm from, man. It that happened for a very long time yeah. and it all imploded. Yep. Yeah. And it'll all come out. That's Absolutely. for sure. And Absolutely. I think the greater thing, like as we kind of wrap the podcast up, is um, these are all things that will come down the line. Absolutely. But again, like like what you talked about at the beginning, the we come back to the idea of like as youth pastors and leaders in youth ministry, we have to be intentional about helping students yes. understand their yes. calling, especially when it yes. comes to full-time ministry Absolutely. and cultivating that and training that and mentoring that. And thank God for national resources like John mm-hmm. Zick's book called and, and so Absolutely. many other things that are going to start coming called retreats. We're partnering youth alive with called program. You know, yeah. like there's just so many ways that we can go about this. And for any youth pastors, um, who are interested are like, man, I, I, I agree. I feel like I have kids who are called into ministry. What can I do? At the very least, let us try and put John Zick's called yeah. book in your hands and let's start there about having that conversation. But this is like such a necessary conversation to be yeah. had and something so great to be on your heart as a DYD of Oklahoma. And, and I think we will see results. It, youth ministry is a long game. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we will start to see those positions in SoCal and in Oklahoma hired by some of these great crop of students absolutely. that respond to the call of God. 100%, man. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that's that's great stuff. That, there's a lot. It's funny how we, like you said, Elliot, we started this podcast one way and it went down a different way. Yeah. But <laughs> I think it, I think it's all good stuff that was said. And um, Heath, thank you so much for being oh, on the podcast, honor, man. Yeah. Well, um, if there's anything that was said today in today's podcast that you'd love more information on, go ahead, reach out to us at SoCal Youth Pastors on Instagram. Um, but other than that, we hope you enjoyed the podcast. We hope you have a great day and we will catch you on the next episode.